0: Nothing like a little Sunday morning hype music, huh? Yes, that's right. Welcome, welcome. Uh, for those of you who came in, welcome once again. We welcome you guys online. My name is Chris, and I am the lead pastor here at Hope Springs Church. I'm glad that you are here with us this Sunday morning because uh, we got something exciting. We are starting a brand new series today. It's going to last four weeks. And um, it's kind of interesting because uh, how many of you guys have seen the signs that are in our lobby out there by the chairs and the kids area? not everybody those big black and gold signs that are out there in the don't look out there now don't look out there now that's cheating that's cheating Those signs have words written on them, and those words actually represent the mission and vision of who we are here at Hope Springs Church. We have two things, right? A mission and our vision. Actually, we have three. We also have some core values. But our vision is this. Our vision is that through a relationship with Jesus, we can break down all the barriers, all the walls, all the things that separate us in the world for something much more life-giving and unifying. It's a concept we call uncommon unity, and we just believe that we are simply better together. That's our vision. Our mission is that we want everyone we come across to do four things. First is to know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose in life, and to make a difference in this world and everything we do here at HSC, everything we do as a church, everything we do individually, everything I do in my brain, which you don't, you guys don't want to be in there. Let me tell you what. There's some scary stuff in there. Everything we do revolves around that because we believe those are really important things to know God, to find freedom, to discover our purpose and to make a difference. So about every year, year and a half, two years, it's been about two years. I checked the dates about every So often, I like to just remind us, some people are new, some people have never heard this, some people don't know, some people are like, what are those signs? Some people haven't seen the signs that are out there. I mean, come on, I get it. And so that's what we're going to do for the next four weeks. So let me pray for us, and then we'll dig in. Father God, we love you so much. And uh, we believe that uh, the work that you give us, our mission in life, to share your gospel, To go and make disciples, to be your hands and feet in this world, to live up to our God-designed purpose are all so important, God. So help us over the next few weeks, and today especially, to just allow you to speak into our hearts and allow you to speak into our lives. Let these words be yours, God, because we all need to hear your truth and we all need to live by your truth. Take me out of the picture. Use me however you see fit, God. And through your supernatural, amazing, wonderful grace. Cause all of us to leave here differently than we were when we came in, God. We love you so much. And we pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And together as a church, we'll say, amen. If you're at home, go ahead and type amen. We want you guys to be involved too. Uh, For those of you who've been around for a while, what I would call the OG Hope Springers um and maybe not that OG but this was before we had the building over there and before we were live streaming and before we did a bunch of stuff um we used to be a mobile church and what a mobile church means is that every sunday we didn't have a church building every sunday we'd go pull a trailer up outside of a place the last place was anderson community college we would unload everything we'd set up church And then when church was over, we'd load it all back into the trailer and we'd be done with it. Now, I was the guy responsible for pulling that trailer. And for quite a while, I pulled it with something that became affectionately known as the Green Beast. The Green Beast was a 1999 Ford Explorer with about a bajillion miles on it that was pretty much held together with rubber bands extra wire, and duct tape, and duct tape, but it pulled that trailer for a long, 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 long time until finally one day it didn't. One time I was backing that trailer up, and I had forgotten that I left the tailgate open, and so I was backing that trailer up. Now, normally that wouldn't be a problem, except for this particular day I had to make an extremely acute turn with the trailer as I was backing up, and wouldn't you know it, The trailer goes like this, the truck goes like this, and the edge of the tailgate pierces the trailer, leaves a big hole in it, a big gash in the trailer. Not a big deal, I was able to patch that up, seal it up, and then I realized that in my folly, the tailgate to the truck got all jacked up. It wouldn't close. I tried to close it, it's like, nope, 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 so I spent all day long, it was, it was, it was, Terrible. Spent all day long trying to get this thing to close, which, which consisted of this. I had to pull it into my garage with the tailgate up, which was hard enough because the door is not as high as the tailgate, so that was a whole thing there. Then I had to rig up this contraption with the, the garage door opener rails and something that would hold the lift gate up, and I had to undo the lift gate, take a hammer, tap over here, take a hammer, adjust this, put the lift gate back on, see if it closed over and over. And over and over and over. Never knowing whether this attempt was actually the one that was going to get it to work. Never knowing whether I was actually going to get it back on without it falling off my makeshift, uh, you know, deal that I was rigging up with, you know, twine and string and rope and straps and all that kind of stuff. Remove it, adjust it, install it, hope it works. Finally, finally, I did get the tailgate to close. However, there was a gap about this big at the top of it, so every time it rained, it just right in the truck, but I didn't care because, you know, as I said, it was a 1999 Ford Explorer held together with rubber bands, wire, and duct tape. That's okay, but this is kind of how we go through life, isn't it? We try something, we try something, we try something, we want to solve a problem, we do it over and over and over again. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, maybe we succeed, maybe we don't. We try and try and try. How many of us have tried and tried and tried and it just never worked out? Just never worked out. And you know what the amazing thing about that is? We call this freedom. We call this freedom. The ability to do whatever we want. Anytime, anywhere, any place, anything. We call this freedom. We want to walk out in the street in front of a truck. We can walk out in the street in front of a truck. If I want to click on that website at midnight, I can click on that website at midnight. If I want to go off on you because I'm just an angry hothead, I can go off on you because I'm an angry hothead. We're free. Or are we? Or are we? Are we really free? Or are we just stuck in an endless loop of trying and trying and trying and failing? Day after day. Week after week, month after month, we try, we're free, we do whatever we want, and somehow we end up in the same place we were when we started. And I think our definition of freedom is a little bit flawed. This definition of freedom that we believe freedom means we can do whatever we want is just not right, because real freedom, real freedom, the freedom that God wants for us, does not mean we get to go around all willy-nilly doing whatever we want. Real freedom only comes when we live by God's design. Real freedom only comes when we understand that God... In his infinite power and majesty and wisdom has already decided and planned out for you what your life is supposed to look like. And if we want to truly be free, the only way we're going to do that is to live by the design God already has in place for us. And the only way to find that freedom is to know God. Those two cannot be separate. Those two cannot be extracted from one another. I know if you if you when you when you all who haven't seen the signs go out there and read the signs, you'll see that there's two lines, right? No God, find freedom. Then it says discover purpose, make a difference. No God, find freedom. These are not a la carte items. We can't just decide one day we want to find freedom and not know God. We can't decide one day that we are going to really, really know God. Hold on to that thought. We're gonna get into that in a minute. Really know God and not find the freedom he has for us. The problem is, even though those things are inseparable, even though those things are intertwined, even though those things are meshed together tightly, the problem is we stop short. We like immediate freedom rather than the enduring freedom that God promises us. We like the quick fix. We like the immediate freedom. We like want it now. I mean, we live in a society, I literally needed ink for my printer the other day. I went on Amazon. It was there at 4 o'clock in the morning. Less than two hours. I had printer. I didn't even have to get up and go to CVS and pay three times the amount they were charging me for it. Printer ink. At my house. We love the immediate. We love the immediate freedom. We love that, that, that kind of low-hanging fruit. We all do this. We all do this when faced with the tough and the easy. Where do we go? The easy Yeah, I could climb up there and get the apple on the top of the tree, but this one right here is much better because I don't even have to lift my hand. I just pull that out. We love the immediate freedom. We love this. We love this. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We love that. And I love it. It's true. Absolutely, I'm not discounting the power of faith in Jesus Christ. But we love that immediate freedom. I just put my faith in Jesus I'm free. Are we? We love that immediate freedom from spiritual death. But that is only a level of knowing God. That is only the top of the surface of knowing God. That is only the start of what God wants for us in our lives. That is only the very beginning. We love that immediate freedom. Yes, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And then we Stop. We say, I'm free. But are we? We're not. And the chief issue here is that we have become conditioned. We have become conditioned in our lives. And some people might use the term institutionalized. I don't really like that term, but this is a term, you know, we've been, we 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 are conditioned by who we are, the things we have lived in our lives, the things we have done in our lives. We are conditioned by how we've lived. If you ever, and this is something that happens to people who are incarcerated for a long time. They go through this system, might, they might be there for years and years and years, and they're, they're being told what to do. They're on a schedule. They live this way, they're this, this way, this way. They do this and this and this at this time and this time and this time. And that's fine while they're there, but then when they get out, I've seen this play out in my son. When they get out, it's really difficult for them to move back into normal life because they have been conditioned to live a certain way. But it's not just that. We can be conditioned by everything. You can be conditioned by your job. You've been on your job for 30 years. You start to think differently. You start to act differently. You start to interact with people differently everything I think about I have been programming computers for about 25 years now and I tell you that my thoughts look like computer programs that's how I think that's how I think if this then that if this then that if this then that it's terrible for a control freak because everything's supposed to work out well but at you know our friends we can be conditioned by our friends you guys know this When you go out with all your buddies you went to high school with. All your buddies you went to college with. You are a different person when you're in that group than you are when you're someplace else. Because you've been conditioned. Bruh! Bruh! I love you, man! We've been conditioned that way. It's what we do. We live how we've learned. And the problem is, is if we stop at that immediate freedom for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If we stop right there, all the stuff we've been conditioned to is still there. The temptation is still there. The bad habits are there. Our sinful nature is still there. Our lust is still there. Our desire to spend all of our money on shoes is still there. And matching watches still there. Our greed is still there. Our anger is still there. Our jealousy is still there. It's all still there. It's what we've been conditioned for. This is why Paul writes, I do the things I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I do not do. I'd like to do them, but I can't. I can't do them because I don't got He goes on, he's like, what a wretched man I am. We're conditioned. And if we want real freedom, we have got to move past that first step. We've got to move past the first step that says we know God saves. We know Jesus is the son of God. We know that there is forgiveness of sin when we put our faith in Jesus. Those are all things about God. Those are facts about God. But knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. If you and your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friend, your child, if you just, if you, if the only thing you did when you met was like, okay, wh- what's your birthday? What's your horoscope? How old are you? What's your middle name? Do you want kids? If that's all the information you ever got and you got married, you think that will work out? That is not knowing one another. That's not knowing enough about anybody. Real freedom only comes when we move God from head knowledge to our heart. That's the only time we're going to get freedom. We've got to move from that head knowledge to our heart because it's not about the head knowledge. It's about a relationship. This is what God wants with us. This is the way we were designed very, very, way, way, way back in Genesis chapter one, when God breathed everything into existence. The design was that man and God would commune together. And they did for a while till we messed it up. That's how God designed it, to be in relationship. God wants to, to be in a personal, involved, daily relationship with us. And just knowing about him isn't enough. Just knowing some facts about God isn't enough. In fact, reading your Bible without some other stuff isn't enough. In fact, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. How about that? Not everybody who confesses that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the perfect Lamb. Not everybody who confesses that will enter the kingdom of heaven. How can Jesus say that? It's kind of strange, isn't it? But he goes on to say this. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. We have got to move past the 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 head knowledge, the Lord, Lord. We've got to move past just assenting to some facts into something that is much more life-giving, something that brings the real freedom that God wants for us. How do we know what God's will is? Sometimes we just guess, right? We're like, well, I want to go do that. So I'm going to start walking. I don't hear you, God. I don't hear you telling me to stop. I don't hear you. Are you you there? I don't hear you. I don't hear you. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk over this way now. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to click on that website. I don't hear you, God. Yeah, yeah, you might be talking, and the problem is we don't shut up long enough to hear God. But then we're like, well, I don't see any lightning. I don't hear any thunder, God. You're not, like, putting a car in front of me, so I guess that's your will. How do we know what God's will is? Paul tells us. Paul tells us in Romans 12, uh, verse 2, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some translations say, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And why do we do that? Paul says, Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good And pleasing and perfect will. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love Paul's choice of words here. This word conformed is an outward in pressure. It is all the stuff that we have become conditioned to in this world. It's all the media and all the TV and all the movies and all your social media and all the junk your friends are telling you and all the stuff that the devil's telling you, the lies that he's telling you. And he's trying to get you to conform from the outside in to something that mirrors the world. But Paul says, be transformed. Transformed is an inside-out action. Transformed starts here in your heart and works its way out. And Paul says the only way to be transformed is by the renewing of your mind. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Jesus gives us two commandments. The first is love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. And we can only do that when we move God from the head to the heart. We can only do that with the renewing of our mind that filters down and causes an inside out transformation. And man, that sounds so simple, doesn't it? But we get stuck. We ponder this. We're like, how do I do it? What do I do? What do I got to do? What do I do? How do I do it? Now, I don't understand that because every one of us in here can figure out how to play the new version of Candy Crush. Every one of us can figure out how to send an email or use Facebook or post 27 videos every two seconds on TikTok. And yet we're like, how do I know what God's will is? We get stuck. It sounds so simple. And normally I would tell us how to figure out what God's will is. But Paul's already told us that. Paul's already given us the answer. What we have to do is figure out what keeps us from moving towards what Paul says, which is to renew our mind so that we can experience that inner transformation that brings us real freedom. So what keeps us from that transformation? What keeps us from really knowing God? I want to turn to Ezekiel uh, chapter 33. Ezekiel writes this in verse 31. He says, my people come to you as they usually do, and they sit before you to hear your words. But they do not put them into practice. Let me put that into modern day stuff. Y'all are here. Y'all are listening to God's word. Now, you have a choice when you leave here. Your choice is to walk out that door and live the same life you lived when you came in. Or you can walk out that door and you can do what God's word says. You can live your life according to God's word. You can live your life. And then what we do most of the time is we do exactly what Ezekiel's talking about here. We might even go through all the steps. We might read God's word. We might memorize God's Word. We might write it on a sticky note, and put it in our refrigerator. We might get some magnets. We might have a book cover that's got a verse written on it. We might subscribe to verse of the day that pops up on our phone. Susie and I, this is a true story, we decided we were going to, we wanted to memorize more of God's Word, which I'm terrible at, by the way. I will be the first to admit I am terrible at memorizing. I can tell you what it says, but I can't tell you where it says it, that kind of thing. So we decided, we decided we were going to do something about it. We we, she found this, this service called Dwell, and we subscribe to it. And Dwell will send you these temporary tattoos. It's the coolest thing. Temporary tattoos that help you memorize one verse every month. We subscribed four months ago. We still haven't put a tattoo on yet. <laughs> True story. This is what we do. We stop short of putting God's word into practice. We stop short. Maybe we're afraid. Maybe we're like, well, that, sounds a little, that seems a little uncomfortable. And you know what? It probably is. That's okay. But James tells us this. James says, do not just be hearers of the word. You have to be doers of the word. And he goes on to say, we like to quote that part. But he goes on to say, if you are only hearers of the word, you are deceiving yourselves. Deceiving ourselves from what? from transformation. We are not going to be transformed. We are not going to be renewing our mind that causes this inside out transformation that causes us to really know God which causes us to really find freedom if all we do is stop when we read God's word or when we hear God's word. And listen, God, when God says something, he means it. We could take him at his word. When he says seek first the kingdom of God he certainly does not mean when you have done are done scrolling Facebook for three hours, then spend some time seeking God's kingdom. He means seek first the kingdom of God. Make that your first priority. Make God number one. If you have to write a list every day, things to do today, at the top of that list should always be seek God. Put his word into practice. When he says, seek first the kingdom of God, he means it. When he says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own, he means it. He means, get to know me to the point where you can trust that I got your back. Where you can trust that no matter what happens in your life, I will walk with you through it. He doesn't mean sit there and worry about it. He means what he says when he says, work out your own salvation with fear and groaning. He means you got to put some effort you got to put some skin in the game. you got to roll up your sleeves. you got to do the work so that you do not deceive yourself into thinking that you are being transformed when you are not. If we allow God's word to renew our mind, it will filter down into this inside-out transformation. And we will not stagnate. We have got to put God's word into practice. And I don't understand why we don't do this. I don't understand why I don't do it sometimes. I I think some of us are like, well, I'm not really sure about all this. Some of us are busy. Some of us use all kinds of excuses. Maybe you're at that point where you're like, I'm not sure I believe everything God's saying. You can believe everything God's saying. Or maybe you're like, you know, well, I understand what he's saying, but he can't really mean that. I mean, this is the 21st century. This was written 2,000 years ago. He can't really mean that for us. I bet he does. I bet he does. That can't be for us. No. He didn't mean that for us. God doesn't know what it's like to live in the twenty-first century. You want to bet? God is all present, ever eternal, eternity past, eternity, future. He knew what it was He knew He knows what it's gonna be like to live in the 23rd century. Or maybe He'll be here by then. I don't know. He knows. He knows. I don't know. We we but these are all listen, if we start saying those things, if we start making excuses why we can't put God's word into practice, then that brings us to our second point because these are all signs. Of a bigger human problem. They're all signs of something much more deep-rooted in all of us. In the rest of this verse, Ezekiel thirty-three thirty-one, 31, Ezekiel says, Their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Let me put that into today's uh, language for you. It might say, uh, their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for me. Mm-hmm. And their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy For the things of this world. Their mouths speak of love. But their hearts are greedy for whatever benefits me. Their hearts are greedy for what I want. Their hearts are greedy for my schedule. Their hearts are greedy for me. 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 And more me. And you know what we call that? Pride. Pride. Is the number one thing that keeps us from really knowing God. God. Every day, all day long, you can write that check and take it to the bank. If we have a prideful spirit, then we're never going to get close to God like he wants. And we know this. We know this. One of our new uh, questionable television shows is a show called, and I think it's called Matching Abroad. I don't know what it is, but the concept of the show is it's a trash TV, by the way. You know I'm famous for those things. The concept is that there's a bunch of Americans who can't find a boyfriend or girlfriend. So they've decided they're going to go to another country and imply the services of a matchmaker in that country to find a a date. Anybody watch that show? There's somebody in the back. There you go. Yay! Solidarity! It just happens to come on after 90 Day Fiance. So, you know, we're already in the trash TV mood. Where are we (laughs) which is now over for the season. I mean, you know, the three-part tell-all was done. and it was, great. it was great. It was great. Amen. Amen. Anyway, I digress. Thank you very much for getting me off track. I digress. On this show, there is a woman who decides to go over, I think, Columbia. She's going to be made, uh, matched with somebody over in Columbia. And she's got a list of requirements for her man that is this long. A lot of stuff. So she gets on her first date, and the guy won't stop talking about himself. Could you imagine being in a relationship with somebody who won't stop thinking about themselves? Maybe you've been in a relationship like that. I know Susie was at one time, because I, I, at one point, was all about me. And I'm working on that. I am. But when you're all about you, you don't really care about anybody else. We've all seen that play out. When you're all about you, when pride is what rules our lives, then we can never get to that place of knowing God on that deep, intimate, and personal level. Because what we want is always going to take precedent. What we want is always going to be our top priority. If we want to get into that transformation place where we know God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength, we've got to get rid of the pride. We've got to work on that. And it's so hard to do that. I understand because our pride keeps us from moving towards God. And the less we move towards God, the more the devil takes hold of our pride. And it just becomes this circle. But you know what's true? The opposite is true as well. If we, can just, if we can just let go of a little bit of that pride and humble ourselves even just a little bit before God, he will take that and he will start working. And he'll take a little bit more of your pride away and you'll grow closer to him. And he'll take a little bit more of your pride away and you'll grow closer. And he'll take more and you'll grow closer. And I'm telling you what, It's hard, it takes work, it takes self-examination, it takes prayer, it takes asking the Holy Spirit to find those things in you that you need to get rid of. But if we can get this right, if we get this right, then God has a life for us that is full of comfort and is full of peace and is full of joy and is full of the kind of freedom that he really wants for your life. If we get that right. We fill our lives with so much stuff. We do, we fill our lives, right, this is, my, this is my freedom jug right here. And, you know, we fill our lives with freedom. We make all these decisions that we think are good for us. A little bit probably doesn't hurt. You know, I want to watch that TV show, a little questionable TV. That's all right. Turn on my 90-day fiancé. That's okay. That's okay. But then we start watching a little bit more and a little bit more. Or maybe you just love You just love spilling the tea, right? If anybody's got dish to give out, if anybody's got the good gossip, that's you. And I am free to spread all the gossip I want. I'm free to do that. Or maybe, maybe you just don't believe in financial responsibility whatsoever. And you just listen to the devil every time he says, those shoes are on sale. That watch is on sale and we just keep filling up our world with freedom. We keep filling up ourselves with freedom. We keep filling up our lives with freedom. And pretty soon, we're all full up of our own kind of freedom in this world. But, but, we have to understand that this isn't freedom. This is chains. This is bondage. This is an endless loop. And if we just take, even just a little bit at a time, if we just take a little bit at a time, God's word. What he says. The renewing of your mind. And we just start. I'm probably going to overflow this. I bet you. I didn't plan this out very well. And we just start little by little. Just renewing our minds. Allowing God's word to soak in. Allowing God's word to steep into our lives. Allowing God's word to do its stuff. To filter down. Allowing God's word. To move from our head to our heart. Allowing God's word to transform us from the inside out. We get to this level where all the freedom we thought we had. There it goes. Spilling it all up. All the freedom we thought we had starts fading away. Something starts happening. We start to change. Little by little. If we just allow God's word To do what he says it will do. Our freedom starts to look a little bit different. We start to look a little bit different. Little by little, we're transformed. And that may not look like much now, but if you let that sit there for another 20 minutes, it'll be completely different. And it will continue to go. Little by little, we're being transformed. Little by little, if we renew our minds by the by his word, bringing his word in, putting it into practice, we are being transformed. And you know what? You can't undo this. Once this gets in you, We can't make this look like it did before. That's what God wants for our lives. That is true freedom. Not freedom to do whatever you want, but freedom from the chains that were binding you down. Freedom from all those worldly desires. Freedom from all that temptation. Freedom from your pride. Freedom from looking at the world as your oyster. Freedom from it's all about me. It's freedom from all the things that keep us from knowing God and living the life he has designed for us. And if we want that kind of freedom, then we have to renew our mind every day. We have to allow that to move from our head to our heart so that we can be transformed from the inside out. Freedom only comes when we move God from our head to our heart, day after day, week after week, year after year, just constantly, constantly moving forward constantly uh, seeking what God has for us in, in, in his will, constantly seeking God's will in our lives, constantly looking to see ourselves, how God sees us. And let me tell you what, God loves you immeasurably. God loves you so much. He created you as his most prized possession. I love how one Psalm 139 uh, puts it. And you, some of you may have this memorized. I know you do. Psalm 139 verse 13 talks about how God sees us. It says, you created my inmost being and you knit me together in my mother's womb. This is the God of the universe we're talking about who has done this for each one of us. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Every one of you is fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. God has known you since eternity past and will know you for eternity future. Forever. Forever. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. God has a plan for your life. And it is a perfect plan. How precious to me, God, are your thoughts. How vast is the sum of them. And listen, listen how often God thinks of you. When I count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. This is what God thinks about you. And he wants us to know him in a way that we stop seeing ourselves the way the world sees us. The way we may see ourselves, the person we see when we look in the mirror and we, we we talk smack to ourselves and we have all this bad image of ourselves. He wants us to see us the way he sees us, fearfully and wonderfully made, not the way the world sees us, not the way we see ourselves. And when we can get to that point where we are on that intimate, deep, personal relationship level with God and we see ourselves the way he created us in perfection, you are perfect in God's eyes. You are perfect in God's eyes. That's when you'll know real freedom. That's when you'll know the freedom that God has planned for your life. And we can only do that if we know God. Do you know him that way? Do you know God that way? Do you know this God who is loving beyond measure... Do you know this God whose grace runs deeper than the deepest ocean? Do you know this God who is the King of kings and Lord of lords? Do you know this God who is the rock on which we stand? When the storms come, Jesus says, if you build your house on the rock, it will not be shaken. It will not be torn down. Do you know him? Do you know this God who is our ever-present help in times of trouble? Do you know this God who is the light that shatters all darkness? Do you know this God who is the Alpha And the Omega. The beginning and the end. Do you know this God who is not just the God of the valley. But also the God of the mountaintop. Do you know this God who knows us deeply. And intimately and personally. And calls you fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you know this God who is for us. And his word says that if he is for us. Then nothing, nothing, nothing can be against us. Do you know this God? Because what I want for each one of us. What HSC wants for everybody we meet, and more specifically what God wants is to know you and for you to know him in exactly that way so that you can experience the freedom that he has designed for your life. And and if you don't know him, may, maybe you have gotten to that point of head knowledge maybe you have said yes jesus i want you to be the lord of my life but if your life's not looking more and more like that every day maybe you're not on the right path to know him the way he wants to be known we're going to we're gonna ask everybody to make that decision today. And, and if you have already a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to recommit that relationship to knowing him deeper and deeper and more and more every day to allow your mind to be renewed so that his word put into practice can filter down to become heart knowledge and transform you from the inside out. And so with all heads bowed today, Scripture says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead, then we will be saved. And so, God, we all come to you before before you today with this prayer. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross as the payment for my sin. Jesus, I believe you were raised three days later. Jesus, I believe your resurrection defeated my spiritual death. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for anybody who has made that decision today, for anybody who has come to that place where they realize that knowing you is way better than knowing the world. And God, help us all. All of us, even us OG Christians who've been doing this a long time, and we tend to forget. We tend to we tend to forget that, you know, there is a path, there is a there is a call, there is a a duty we have. It's a daily, every day, every day, renew our minds so that we don't forget how much we want to be in this relationship with you, God. You you love us so much. Help us to just get rid of all the world, Don't be, conf- so that we're not conformed to this world, but that we are transformed by your word, God. Help us to do that. Help us to do that. We love you so much, God. And finally, we just ask that you keep everybody happy and safe and healthy until we meet again. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And together as a church, we'll say. Amen. Listen, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we want to know about that. So if you're at home or you're online, just hold one second, guys. I got I got a little bit of I got a little bit of, of business here to take care of. But um, uh we wanna know about that so we can help you in your endeavor to